Good morning, everyone. Juno Representative Sarah Hannon joins us, and we've had a number of historic developments in the last week, haven't we? Yes, including it's sunny in September in Juno. <laughs> you got me there. I wasn't prepared yeah, for that one. The weathermen were wrong about our Labor Day forecast. Uh, well. You know, that's not uh, unusual unusual they do their best they can but we were thrilled that they were so wrong yeah that yeah. looked like a good labor day yeah it was a lovely labor day weekend and now again it's sunny in september take the winds where you can yeah but among the ones i had brought today was the rank choice election first time that got to be used in the state at least the full process alaska's first woman and native elected and take your pick representative what shall we do first well, uh, you know, you, we did see, we saw a rural Alaskan elected statewide, right? That is, I think that's really um, one of the landmark differences. So we have a congresswoman. She's from rural Alaska. Mary Peltola, um, broad support across the state, you know, in urban areas, in rural areas. Um, a candidate that people got very excited about pretty quickly. I think she'll be sworn in on the on the thirteenth. Thirteenth right? next week. She she uh, she starts as our congresswoman, and of course the Alaska. You know we we only have one member of the U.S. House, and of course within Washington D.C. you get the whole well. Your senators are also Congress people, but sort of traditionally only the members of the House of Representatives are referred to as Congress Congress people. And it's a congresswoman for all Alaska um, using the old Don Young slogan. And that office, the Congress, the House of Representatives seat from Alaska has been empty since uh, Representative Young's death. And I am sure there are a million constituent things to get to. And she has to get her feet on the ground, get sworn in. Uh, vote in congressional decisions and still running for a job for the next two years because, of course, the current job only lasts till January. So. Yeah, that's right. Since they're getting, since right. that's when Congress gets sworn in. Right. So, yeah, that was something that even I started noticing. It's not technically until November, it's till January she'll be with us that's in right. that capacity. Right. And, but but given that amount of time, is there any work you may do with Congresswoman Peltola? Uh, absolutely. You know, it, <laughs> I was listening to a national news story and, um, you know, there was some reference to she'll probably focus on issues of resource development and chronic problems in rural Alaska and, you know, housing and water and uh Teacher shortage, economic development, price of fuel, <laughs> of energy, and the list is getting the, longer. And those are not new issues. Mm. And um, as a legislator in Alaska, Mary Poltola worked on all of those issues. Those are not new issues to rural Alaska. Um, they're not new issues to anyone elected to work on behalf of Alaskan policy. They're not new issues to Alaskans living it. You know, uh, now. Can you in four months magically transform what have been long-time chronic problems that are complex? No, but she can make progress and bring that boots on the ground, um, what's the phrase we now use, the lived experience of her truly understanding that when a fishery on the Yukon River or the Kuskokwim River goes away, what that means to the residents of the region for their food bills for their cultural significance um, 
and she's not going to talk about it of, I heard from a constituent. It is, she's living in that region. She's living in those circumstances. She's paying that fuel bill. She's fishing those rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that personal passion and connection she'll bring to it. But I, th- I certainly think you know, we know this. We know this in politics that it's about relationships, and so for people, for her to be able to articulate it in a way and be heard, I think is a thing that she can make happen in the next few months. And so, in those few months, how do you hope to build a relationship with her? Um, well, I don't want to put a lot more on her to-do list. Uh, I had not personally met uh, Miss Peltola. I didn't you know, serve with her. I've only been in four years. She's been out more than a decade. Mm. Um, But as we know in Alaska, you know, it's not the seven degrees of separation. It's one degree of separation. And, you know, during the course of this campaign through people that I have direct relationships with who are direct relationships with her, um, I've had the opportunity to have conversations um, and meet with her and I'm very excited about the vision she'll bring. And I'm not going to give her more on the to-do list because, like I said, she knows what the to-do list is for Alaska. And she's already working on it. That's why she ran. And, um, you know, back at the legislature, we'll continue to talk about how, you know, because it's this mixed level of services. We know that to fix energy costs in rural communities, we need federal engagement, we need state engagement, we need regional and local government engagement that we can't do any of those things alone, whether it's school district policies or energy policies or energy costs or um, trying to reduce deaths by suicide in Alaska, you know, which you've got some handouts here because it's suicide awareness uh, week. And we all know that Alaska is a place where those statistics aren't statistics. They are people we know and love. And, um, I think she's going to bring that passion and view to having having that in Congress, and that's good for all of us. Very good. Now, we have the results of that special election. Of course, Peltola won, but I wanted to ask you about the process itself, ranked choice voting. And how do you feel the process panned out as we saw it in that special election? Well, I want to, um, just the teacher in me, uh, there are a couple things that happened that we saw on that, and everyone refers to it as ranked choice voting, but it's remember, we did two things when we changed our election process by the 2020 ballot initiative. We changed both our primary system of how your name gets on the general, and then the ranking at the general creating, in essence, an instant runoff. Um, so let's start with the primary then, because right. now it's now it's not a closed party primary; it's an open primary. Correct. What is that? How does that change the game? Well, that changed the game in in several ways, and I, I probably should put the disclaimer as I was not an advocate for um, the change in the system. Um, you know, and any any time that scientific method of what's the problem you're trying to fix and what's your hypothesis of how to fix it, um, and if we look at the primaries. One of the the issues was, should political parties control whose names go before all voters? Because in a closed primary, there were restrictions on who could vote on the Republican ticket or could vote on an open ticket. And way back when I was first a voter, Alaska had 
all open primaries, like this ballot initiative. So you didn't just in, get a Republican ballot? You did ballot not have a Republican Nope. You had, a, and it said everybody's name, and you could vote in, you know, one race in a Republican, and another race a Democrat, and another race a Green Party. It was all one ballot. Now that changed more than 20 years ago um, to closed party primaries, but de facto, the Republican Party kept theirs closed and the Democratic Party said, ah, we're not closing it to anyone but Republicans, but if you want to be a Democrat or an independent or an E, we'll, we're okay with everybody being on the same ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we also in Alaska always had the ability to get your name directly to the general election ballot where every voter sees you by uh, filing as an independent, skipping the primaries completely. And you didn't have to run. You might have been a member of a political party in Alaska that had a position on the ballot, but didn't do it through a party primary. You could have been the Alaska Independence Party and had a party convention and selected your candidate. So you weren't required to have a primary. Oh, like Hickle did. Yeah. Back in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. So when the problem statement was, we need to get more people to be able to be on the general election before all voters, mm. I would always say, well, it's not just the pri- primaries for the party selects the party's flag bearer, but you don't have to be put there by a party. Anybody can put their name on the general. This is the old system. We can't do it today because we did away with that. We now said when we changed the voting system, every candidate must go through the primary and the primary is open to every voter and every candidate and only the top four go through, right? And then the general, you must have a majority of them, a true majority, not a plurality. Plurality means I got more votes than the others, but a majority, 50% plus one. Um, Now, I'm not, I don't share many people's concern that that was our big issue, that we had people, you know, the, the theoretical was you could have gotten somebody elected who only had 15% of the voters support in the general because there'd been 10 people on the ballot in the general. And so you've got this fringe personality, fringe candidate, fringe party who held it together and got their solid 15%. That was a theoretical problem. We'd never had that problem in Alaska. We'd had many times when we'd had three candidates and the person selected wasn't the candidate of the two major political parties. Um, and of course, the biggest opposition to all of the changes in the election came from organized political parties. It, it really did. It took authority for them to choose their own flag bearer of their party label out of the hands of the party. It's now open to everyone. Um, but Mary Peltola, as an example, she won in the primary and she won in the ranked choice. So, Well, she won in the sense she got a majority she in got, the primary. She got a majority. She was yeah. the highest vote getter in the primary. So if mm-hmm. you're looking at it that way, so she, you know, but, but her votership, we don't know. Where did all those votes come from? Were they all people who would have voted in a party primary or not? Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, Monday morning quarterbacking after an election where we only have one exemplar, right? It's the only one we've, the Mary Peltola, the Peltola baggage 
Palin race is the only one that we've walked all the way through our new system. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're putting a lot of credence on it worked or it didn't work or here's how it will work or here's the strategy. And again, I'm gonna use the phrase, forgetting the one degree of separation in Alaska. So all kinds of things are theoretical about races, but when you come down to it in Alaska um, or anywhere, how do you feel about the candidate personally? And I think that's one where Mary as a candidate won people over because people like her. People who know her love her. People who haven't met her, you begin to like her. Um, and there was some bipartisan voting there happening absolutely, there, too. Absolutely. You know, she served in the legislature for over a decade, and she's continued to serve Alaska and work with people across the spectrum um, on fisheries issues. And, you know, we think uh, politics is harsh. Well, fish politics is a really harsh political arena in Alaska. And uh, she's thrived there and provided great insight and um, building between constituencies. So it just gets back to when, you know, you can, uh, there are a lot of political theory behind elections, but you always have to remember people know each other. And in Alaska, people really do know each other. <laughs> just one trip over to Fred Meyer and you can run into, you can yeah. run into your local legislator or city council member or whoever. Yeah. But uh, I digress. Now, there's, I wanted to ask you this, too, in in relation to ranked choice voting, because we've heard even here on Problem Corner, and you mentioned this a little bit in your comments, the folks' frustration with this new system. Why can't we just go back to what we've done in the past? Well, how do we go about doing that? Well, the rule is... Oh, so it, so it was approved back in 2020. Right. It was passed by a, ba- a ballot initiative by the citizens in 2020. Mm-hmm. And in Alaska, there's two ways to write laws, statutes. The legislature is the prime authority for writing laws, right? The governor doesn't write a law. He gets the final say in a veto or not a veto or letting a law become a law without his signature. But the other mechanism is a ballot initiative led by the citizens, a citizen initiative. And that's how ranked choice voting and an open primary got on the ballot in Alaska, um, enough signatures to put on a ballot, and then enough people voted for it. Our law about ballot initiatives in Alaska says legislature can't then come in and once you've passed into law something by ballot initiative, citizen, the, the legislature can't come in and change it for two years. You got to let it go into effect and see how it is. And in many times when you are dealing with a ballot initiative, um, you, you know, sometimes a bill to pass a law is 10, 20 pages long. And I'm not talking budget bills. I'm talking policy. But a ballot initiative is always very short. And there's a word limit. And it has to be on a single topic. And... Um, So it's not usually as flushed out and detailed as a statute is. So we put in place the requirement, you can't tweak it for two years, but in most cases, a couple years in, you find areas where you need to modify it because the way it was written in the citizen initiative didn't quite address, and now you're writing some tweaks to it. Um, Now... As you've said, there are still some people who I hate it. I want it 
done away with. Mm. Okay, but we we did away with our prior rules. So you can't just do away with this. You have to institute what's going to replace it. And um, as much you know, my I uh, I'm not sure that people would vote to go back to a closed primary. Um, mm-hmm. Will people, you know, you you could close the primary but leave the ranked choice. You could do away with the ranked choice. And... Basically, you, our you, whole election system would be up in the air if, it was, well, if it was you, out. You, you've got to change it to something else. So it's not just... Um, it's not automatic in the sense that you, that, you, that you take it out and it goes back to no, the previous. No, because the other one's gone away. Yeah, okay. that, the old system was erased from the books. These are the new laws. Now, if you want to modify them, how do you want to modify them? You want to modify them back to exactly what we had? Um, even though there are people grumbling about it, I don't. I have not heard overwhelmingly from my constituents or from other legislators, they want to go back to the prior system. And I always... And does it come back to the primaries or well, just the, the whole system? The, well, the, those those are different parts of the statutes, right? Mm. You know, it, here's here's a place where people are complaining at the national level. How come you did not know for two weeks who the ranked choice, blah, blah, blah? Well, we are a state, our absentee bo- voter ballot law, which was not changed in 2020, this has been in existence a long time, we allow for our absentee overseas ballots to arrive up to two weeks post the election day. They had to be postmarked by election day, but we allow for two weeks of return. And you'll hear other states say, well, we don't do that, or we require them to be there by election day. That's fine. This is what Alaska's law has been that was not part of the change made in 2020. And when we think about it and talk about it, um, it's something that's worked very well for Alaska because we have so many Alaskans who are uh, military voters voting from overseas, Alaskans who work, um, you, you work in the oil industry, but part of the year you're in a foreign country. We have a lot of Alaskans who are who t- who use our absentee ballot mechanisms, and if they're overseas, they get two weeks for that ballot to arrive. We know that Alaskan mail can be delayed because of weather. We understand that. So that's not a flaw of our system, but it does mean when we've changed to rank choice, knowing the results of a race, do we want to wait two weeks? So, so that's a place where I could see the legislature coming in and saying, for our ranked choice system to work more efficiently to make sure citizens feel like it's a timely answer. Perhaps we want to look at our absentee ballot return deadline in the law and change that. But if we're going to do that, we got to make sure that we've done it enough in advance so everyone who's ever voted absentee and take had that two-week window understands that's no longer there. But like I said, many states, they require absentee ballots to be in by election day. So that's one tweak. Yeah, there's that is a tweak. The, the a, a tweak, but there could be more. Anything. Uh, uh, the legislature, <laughs> the, the grand power of the collective legislature is we can change any law. It, it's the rule of 11 and 21. Do you have 11 votes in the Senate to do it and 21 in the House to do it? Then everything is open for discussion. Now, I am not sure, I have not heard from 
any individual Alaskan asking to change the absentee ballot deadline. I've had people ask why. Why do we not, how come, you know, is this a problem? Is this a, a scam that we don't know for two weeks? But once you come back and explain it to people and say, that's the law, that's how it's been, it just happens that when you add ranked choice on it and you now have to have uh, the reshuffle, the the distribution in Cali that requires a true majority versus a plurality, mm-hmm. hmm, that has that that stands out as a place where you went. Here's a law that was written, and the existing law we didn't really talk about how they were going to mesh together. Mm-hmm. So I could see that being a place where people want to talk about it, but I I don't view it as a problem. I like Alaskans having that opportunity to hear from the candidates all the way up to the day before the election. Um, I'm not someone who usually needs that much time to make my decision, but there are many Alaskans who do, who who want all the way to the last minute to make their mind up. Speaking of the last minute, we're out of minutes today, <laughs> so. I, I, hey, hey, ranked well, choice voting, there. <laughs> we ranked choice voting. Well, thank you for your insights on that today, uh, Representative. Kevin, it's always good to be with you, and um, let's just make sure everyone's off to a good start of the school year, um, safe hunting, into fishing. Um, we're losing daylight, but we'll be back next month to see you. Oh, geez. Sunset's at like eight now. <laughs> well, I'll be right back, and I'll tell you who my next guest will be.